My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike is the real-life telling of Stephen Sims' journey of looking like Jonah Hill from 2007 to 2010. This podcast has been created to share the unique story of looking like a celebrity lookalike. In no way has this podcast been created to disparage, humiliate, or destroy Jonah Hill. Welcome back to my life as a celebrity lookalike. I am Steven Sims, and I am here with the one and only Josh Larkin. Josh, how are you today? Always good. Always good when I'm with you, especially when we get to sit down and talk about these kind of stories and reminisce about our olden days when we were both skinnier and handsomer. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was never skinnier. You know, it was funny. I was thinking about that today because Jonah Hill is not fat anymore jonah hill's quite skinny and even though he's fluctuated over the years he keeps pretty in shape where i do not i do not choose to exercise or not eat arby's for breakfast on a saturday morning (laughs) i've tried but every time i have cared about my health the rest of my life has gotten significantly worse so i find that it balances out if i just don't care about my health Yeah, you know, it's the soul that keeps you alive. Well, glad we're off to a fresh start talking about weight. Uh, You know, we are the the podcast here that talks about my life as a celebrity lookalike and looking like Jonah Hill from 2007 to 2010 and, of course, beyond. But the story we're going to tell is through those four years. And I guess we'll give a little background real quick on how Josh and I know each other. We talked about this in episode one, but Josh and I went to college together in 2002 uh, it was short-lived, the college friendship, because Josh ended up not coming back after Christmas break. No, I I, I came back after Christmas break, but very ever so briefly, because uh, they had a conversation with me in January, and that's why I left in early February, because I came back and they were like, you're on an academic scholarship. I wasn't paying to go to school, and it was a very expensive school. And they were like, you have to go to class. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I just left. So I don't even think you said goodbye that day. And to this day, I'm still heartbroken. But we have a guest on the show today that has a similar story, which we'll get to in a minute. His name is Michael Roach. And I met Roach at Robert Morris a few years after Josh left, probably around 2005. And Roach was already at Robert Morris for a few years. But we didn't really make contact till the fall of 05. And, you know, I don't think we should waste any more time, Josh, because... Roach is, Roach is probably the going to be the best guest of this entire season or this series because Roach literally went through the Jonah Hill stuff hand in hand with me, especially at the beginning. Uh, and I'm really excited to bring him out. And uh, he's backstage right now drinking all the orange whips. Here he is also from Pittsburgh. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Roach. What's up, Roach? Am I still muted? It still says I'm muted. How you guys doing? No, you're good. You're back. You're on. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. We're doing good. We're doing good. I was just, uh, I'm not sure if you heard or not, but I was just talking to Josh. You know, Josh and I's history is pretty simple. We had a good three, four months together in college. And then Josh came back from Christmas break, was told he has to go to class, refused to go to class and immediately left college. Uh, and it's funny, I bring that up because 
when I first met Roach before meeting him, this was, you know, senior year now of college, cut to three years later, and I'm sitting in a class uh, with Dr. Grant. I think that's who it was, Roach. Yeah. And Dr. Grant starts it off. He goes, hi, I'm, I'm Dr. Grant. I failed out of the University of Pitt with like a point three. Uh, I'm going to pass it to you. You tell me your name and one fun fact. And we're going around the room and he gets to this guy and he goes, hi, my name is Mike Roach. I got you beat, Dr. Grant. I failed out of I can't remember if it's Ball State or Peru, but you failed out of one of them with a point zero, I believe. And similar to Josh, didn't return to college. <laughs> well, I, I did return to college multiple times. I uh, was not allowed to return to that one. Uh, that was Purdue. Um, it was just like Josh. That was my freshman first uh, semester of my freshman year. Um, I was already on academic probation because of my last semester of high school, I decided since I already had been accepted to school, I didn't need to, you know, do anything for the last semester of high school. So they immediately put me on academic probation and, you know, they were right in doing so because I just continued to not want to go to class. Um, and I'm, I'm always, I'm, I wish I had, five F's, but I accidentally went to one of the professors and got an incomplete instead of an F and it's haunted me ever since. I could have just been five for five, but now I'm like four F's and one I, which is, that's the biggest blotch on my academic record. I like that, uh, that we have that much in common that we both decided to fuck off, but you decided to do it well before I did. And it really shows Sims's taste in best friends in college. Like, this is the guy I want to hitch my wagon and my, my future to. You can't even be bothered to show up. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I, I don't have much recollection of Josh and I sitting around and talking about the future of moving to L.A. and the plans that we had, as I do with Roach, because I ended up doing it with Roach. And so, uh, some of that stuff we talked about did come true. Some of it we never in a million years expected it to happen. And some s will never happen. But uh, you're right, Josh, because I I remember, you know, fall semester senior year. And Roach, you know, we don't have to include this. but And you can tell me later to take it out. But if I'm correct, you were ready to graduate in December of 2005. But you figured, well, why would I... <laughs> Pretty sure these were your awards. Why would I graduate in December? That's Jag. You're supposed to graduate in May. I might as well take one more class. So you worked it out so you had one or two more classes in the spring semester and you graduated with me. Actually, I think it was the opposite. I was on pace. I was on pace to graduate a semester later than we actually did. And that's when I was in um was like the communications like with the graphic arts track or something and i i was i was like crunching the numbers and i saw that if i had switched to just general mass media i could graduate a semester early and i thought well that makes more sense because yeah it is jag to graduate in december with nobody you know and so I, but actually i moved it up i would have graduated a semester after you this just proves and this is why roach is on this podcast I've just taken stories and have made up shit. This whole podcast could be farce and fake. Jonah Hill might not have never been a part of my life. And Roach is going to clear that up right now in episode two. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Josh is right. I did hitch my wagon to, uh, to, you know, as to me, it's like Einstein. I don't give a shit how you are in school. 
I can just see it. Big brains, big personalities, big smiles. I, in my defense, I was, I was upfront and honest when we first met. The first time Sims and I met was in a, a class where we, uh, we were in the same group, like a, a study group. And when I went over to, to you know, introduce myself to the, to the group, I said, um, my name's Mike, I bring nothing to the table. And, you know, it's true. And Sims loved it. And he just didn't care. So he, I think Josh is right. Sims has real bad taste in uh, like finding partners in crime. Uh, that is how we met Josh. You know, we met at Robert Morris years after you departed in whatever communication classes we were in that second to last semester. And immediately after I, I you know, I remember when Mike came to that meeting and said, I have nothing to bring to the table, but I want to be a part of this film group or this group that we were forming for this class. And I remember being like, hey, you're the guy that that had the worst GPA than Dr. Grant, who failed out of pit. And like, just remember thinking like this guy, I got to hang with this guy. Like there's something about him. Yeah, this guy (laughs) is my ticket right here. I mean, immediately after that, we became friends. And I mean, I started like skipping fraternity meetings to go hang out at Roach's off campus, you know, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> days and confused style apartment. Uh, you know, I didn't know that many people that lived off campus. So it was, you know, we'd yeah. leave campus, go hang out with Roach. Roach introduced me to great music. And we talked about what would later become, what was our production company, Falco films and plans to move to LA. And I remember we used to always say, it was baby steps to LA because I was always in a hurry. I was ready to, I, I would have left like that, that without even, I just would have ready to left the, the day after graduation. But Roach, Roach was, went to LA years earlier. And I think I also, that also really kind of like resonated with me too. I don't know, Roach, if you want to talk about your first trip to LA. Yeah, it wasn't a long trip. Um, I packed up my car. I moved to LA. Um, uh, the, the, First day I was there, I found an apartment, you know, not, not my own. I was renting, you know, somebody's room in their apartment. Uh, the second day I was there, I got a job. And um, the third day I left and uh, <laughs> came back home. I, I, long story short, I just, I was on the roof of my uh, apartment and I was thinking like, why the hell did I come out here? What made me think that I wanted to live in a, major city like this, you know, coming from a life in the suburbs. And um, I realized the answer was, well, Pittsburgh. I used to go and visit Pittsburgh, my family in Pittsburgh when I was a kid. And I loved Pittsburgh. So I realized, why the hell did I move to LA? I should just move to Pittsburgh. And so I packed my stuff and I left and I went to Pittsburgh. And that's when I, uh, that's when I went to uh, Robert Morris, that um, the next semester, which was probably the semester that Josh Peaced out. We probably tagged out as I left like February of 03, probably came in shortly thereafter. Did you move into, uh, what is it, Adams Hall? I was in G. I was whatever that, uh, I I forget the name of it, but there was like, um, it was the, where Sims' crew lived. He he was in G Tower, but on the first floor. (laughs) And I was in G Tower, but on like the third and fifth floor. And again, to this day, you know, it's some type of kismet universal thing where 
we weren't supposed to meet until we met fall of 05, no matter how long he was there uh, for, for whatever reason. And we also weren't supposed to leave for L.A. until we did, which was early 2007. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But it, it, everything with Roach, and that's why I always say for any lost fans out there, uh, my constant is Michael Roach. Enough about college. Enough about everything before 2007. We got to get to when Roach and I moved to LA and I touched on this a little bit last episode. I went out to LA in January of 2007. I flew out there. I spent the only money I had on a rental car. Once that money was gone and I didn't have a job in a, in a entertainment job, I was able to secure a job at a sign shop in Culver city uh, called fast signs was working for a guy named Clint, but I had to go back and get a car. And at the time I also had to get, Roach, because that was the plan that we were going to LA together. And even though I went out in January to kind of test the waters and to maybe get a job and get things settled, and although it didn't work out exactly like I thought it would, uh, I had to pick up Roach. And Roach was in Indiana at the time, uh, out of college. We were both done for about six months. I flew back east, got a car, headed out to Indiana from Pennsylvania, met up with Roach, spent a weekend in Valparaiso, Indiana, and then we hit the open road west like Fozzie and Kermit to the great to the great wide open Los Angeles but you know this was 2007 we didn't have iPhones we didn't have yeah I don't I'm sure we had maps I don't even know how we had directions there's map quest I think is uh, is what we were all using you had to actually go on a quest <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we went to go print the map at Roach's house before we left and the printer wasn't working or something uh, but you just head west yeah we just we just headed west but it was funny because we also were in two different cars and Roach what car were you driving do you remember uh, that would have been the neon that uh, 2000 neon I had Roach had a 2000 neon I had a 2007 new Ford Focus and we had walkie talkies that we would talk to each other. And I mean, for whatever reason we won't go into, it did take us a long time to get across country. But when we finally made it to Vegas, we decided in typical Roach and Sims fashion that we would stay in Vegas an extra night and then roll into LA and get settled into our apartment. And although the trip wasn't, you know, it wasn't, historical in a way or adventurous it was really to get out there and get started i had to start a job and you know why dick around on the road but where we landed in la was probably the best spot we could have possibly landed we settled in in the mar vista area of los angeles at a place we like to call 12500 culver boulevard was that mar vista though i think that was like it was something late it was like del rey or something it was like there's a weird, it's like a strange area that like doesn't really exist. I think it's just that stretch of Culver Boulevard is Del Rey. <laughs> it's like you can't call it Playa Del Rey because it's not right next to the Playa. It was just a weird spot for us to arrive because when you first move to LA, you like you end up living like in the Valley or Lawndale or East LA, and we were like in West LA down the road from the beach. Were you guys like in an apartment or uh, as a as Roach did before, were you just living in some guy's room for for a day? I, I want to like follow up with that guy. I mean, like, do you remember that guy who lived in your house for a day and a half? <laughs> I, I, all I remember is um, 
he had a job at Denny's and he was real, he, he wanted to be a screenwriter and he was super excited that he had met Robert Townsend, who I don't know if he had had a movie produced in the last 15 years at that point. I mean, he was more of a guy from the 80s. Where do you think that guy is right now, Roach? Do you think he's a screenwriter? No, no, I doubt it. That guy's name was Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Roach and I arrive in L.A. And to answer Josh's question, we lived in a little bit of a combination of a of a room slash. I mean, it was an apartment, but it was a one bedroom apartment with Roach in the living room on a full size air mattress. And then me in the small one bedroom on like this enormous air mattress. But mind you, before we had air mattresses, now Roach might have showed up with one. He was a little more prepared when it came to that stuff. I I literally was sleeping on like cardboard on the floor. Until I spoke to Roach the other day about doing this podcast, I was pretty certain that my life from January 2007 to July 2007 was so amazing and I loved everything. But Roach, as a good friend, reminded me that I was not in the best of places during that time. And yeah, I mean, you were sleeping on an air mattress, which is never the best of times unless you're camping. I assure you, I was not on an air mattress for the first month. <laughs> I know that for a fact because I didn't bring one and I couldn't afford one. Because again, remember, I spent all my money on renting the car when I was there in January. And the extra night in Vegas. And Oh, yeah, the extra <laughs> night, which we stayed at the travel lodge. Roach, how would you describe to Josh our 12500 apartment? Uh, well, I mean... It was small. It was very small, and um, but it was perfectly located. You know, it was right down the street from a great bar that we could just walk to after work, and it was it was quiet enough. You know, I don't know. It was just it was the perfect spot, like he said, to land first, especially two people who are you know mostly weirded out by being in this situation suddenly. You know. Yeah, it was it was wild because a lot of our friends too, and Allison mentioned this on the first episode, a lot of her friends that she met in LA were people that also migrated from the Midwest and the East Coast. And that was the same with Roach and I. It was the same group of friends, Allison, Dylan, Dave, and uh they all lived on the other side of town. I mean, to the like very far away, like Eagle Rock, which is on the other side of Los Angeles. So but they would always come to us because we had not the cool spot. You know, again, it couldn't, it could barely fit two people, let alone more than that. But we had a bar down the road called the 90 West. And it was a bar that we just randomly discovered one night by, you know, probably Googling or whatever you did back then. Uh, another bar. And I, I remember we were probably going to like Brennan's, the turtle racing bar in Marina del Rey. And as we were driving down the road, we saw. 90 west inside this this mini mall outdoor complex and we just pulled in and we went in and it just kind of became like what roach used to call our living room like our place to hang out we would go work all day and then we'd get off and we worked together at a sign shop which we're going to talk about but we would work all day and we go hang out at this bar and it just was <laughs> that was the way of life in 2007 speaking of work Roach, how long were you in LA before you got the job at Fast Signs? Because I I had the job. That's why we had to hurry up and get back out there because I had to start training. But you didn't start the job with me until 
a month or two? I just looked it up. It was May, middle of May. Middle of May. That would okay. That'd be that would make sense. Because I remember you would come in the sign shop and like do like help help out for a while. You were like freelancing. Like we were testing you out. And uh, I mean, it was obvious you were going to get the job. You were my roommate and Clinton didn't have anyone else that wanted to work at that damn store. So it was like, you know, you were going to work there. Um, But then June rolls around. And Josh, we might have talked about this early on in our first episode. But I left the movie theater and my friend Julia was like, oh, my God. And she points to the billboard in front of me and goes, that looks just like you. And it's the super bad billboard with Michael Sarah, who I knew as George Michael from Arrested Development, and this guy who looked just like me, curly hair, uh, you know, heavy, no beard, and he was in like some disco outfit. And yeah, like the cowboy shirt. Yeah, the cowboy shirt and like the disco pants. And I remember going home that night, and I, I think I forgot to mention at this point, Brad our friend uh, moved in with us. So we had three people living in a one bedroom. So even though I had a room, Roach had to share his living room with Brad, who was like sleeping practically in the kitchen next to the garbage can on an air couch. Yes, air couch is actually exist. But that same night, Brad decided to watch Schindler's list in like the room where like everyone lived and I'm at the movies. So Roach leaves and goes to the roof to talk to his mom and I'll let Roach pick the story up from there. And I was up on the roof, which was another great feature of this apartment uh, complex. You could just kind of pace around on the roof and uh, look out over the city. And I'm up there talking to my mom and she's asking how it's going. And I said, you know, Sims isn't really doing well. Like he's, I was afraid that he was on the verge of leaving. If, if things didn't turn around quickly. Um, and I don't know if it was really ever that dire, but it was, it was, it was apparent that he was not happy with moving out to LA just to work at a sign shop, you know, and then get drunk afterwards. Um, you know, he wanted to do stuff. And so she said, well, then you need to figure out something to do. Like if you want to help your friend, you gotta, you know, help him find something that you guys can do that makes it worthwhile to be out there. And um, it just so happened that we found that that night. That very night in June, I'm in a bad place at a movie with a girl who I was probably trying to court, but didn't have much luck in 2007. Roach is on the roof talking to his mom and Brad is sitting in our apartment where no one has a place to relax watching Schindler's List. And if Roach and I remember correctly, and we talked about this the other night, I'm pretty sure we probably texted each other and I said, hey, I got to tell you something. I just saw something. There's this thing. And, and, you know, Roach was probably like, Brad's watching Schindler's List. I'm just going to come down on the roof. Let's walk down to the bar. Anything to get away from Brad watching Schindler's (laughs) List in the middle of the night. Pretty much. I mean, it was just like... If you're already having a bad time, you don't want to be brought down by <laughs> one of the most depressing movies in the last, you know, 25 years. And I'm sure it was us also being like, we just don't want, you know, let him watch his movie. We're going to go to the bar. But it's not like we needed a break. And I needed to talk to Roach because I was like, holy shit, I just saw myself on a billboard 
what does this mean? Like when you think things can't get any worse, now you're seeing, I'm seeing myself, like I'm here to be a producer, I'm here to be an actor, and there's a guy who looks just like me all around town. So Roach comes down from the roof and we start walking out of the bar and it was about a, about a seven minute walk and we're about halfway there and, you know, I wish I could just pull the soundbite out of time, but Roach just said, like the light bulb went off and he just said, what if we make a movie about you looking like a guy who's also doing what you're trying to do? Yeah, it was it was just like, you know, we're walking down the street and you were telling me about what had just happened. Now you walked out and Julia said, that guy looks just like you. And you were kind of ranting and raving about it because you were <laughs> that's what you do. And uh, I said, well, that's that that's what we should do. Like, let's do something where it's you moved out to L.A. to try and do something. And some guy who looks just like you did it right before you got there you know it's like you, it was just it was a perfect idea because especially because sims gets real agitated when stuff like you know, that happens <laughs> so it just it was perfect and you're so right roach i was very agitated and I, again i will in my mind i play it as like oh it was so perfect because it ended up being so perfect in the end but it was like oh life was great we were living in la we were working at the sign shop we were going to the bar i was looking like jonah hill we came up with this movie idea but it was really more like I hated my job. I hated going to the bar every night. I was depressed. And then I realized the guy looked just like me who already made it. And that really like was that was it. That might have been that conversation on that street on Culver Boulevard walking to the 90 West could easily went from let's make this short film that later became known as destroying Jonah Hill or let me buy a plane ticket and head home. And that was it. And that really that really was the moment because we spent that night at the bar without Brad talking about destroying Jonah Hill. Well, not, not, not just to be clear, not about destroying the actual person, Jonah Hill. They are <laughs> talking about beats for the uh, little short that we were going to do. <laughs> and at the time, we didn't even know what it was. We didn't know if it was a short. Um, and when we always had this plan to make it more than that, but we only had so many capabilities. I mean, we were brand new to town and we didn't know anyone i mean the only people we knew were shitheads at the bar yeah we didn't have a camera (laughs) (laughs) one of the few things you need to get this whole project underway but you came up with the spark you know on the way to the bar so hopefully you're able to find a, a camera around the bar to move things along well ironically enough and this all plays into a couple episodes down the road from now but brad was watching schindler's list Later, I end up working with Janusz Kaminski because of Jonah Hill. And Brad ends up becoming our cinematographer who buys a camera to film destroying Jonah Hill. So again, very kismet, very universal. The man that we didn't want to hang out with that night because we just thought he would bring us down by watching Schindler's List in the common area of our one-bedroom apartment ended up buying a camera and, and helping us make the film. And in addition to that, we didn't know. I mean, Roach and I didn't move. We, you know, we went to Robert Morris. We were communications majors. We had inspirations to write and perform, but neither one of us were directors. So we definitely had to. We had to come up with a plan. And there was a guy I knew from Pittsburgh, who I briefly connected with before Roach, before I picked up Roach and we came out to L.A. So around January, February, two thousand seven, uh, his name's Dylan Stern. And I worked with him in Pittsburgh at KDKA. We did commercials together. And I randomly looked him up 
before I went back that time to get my car. And we hung out. But it wasn't until that summer when Roach and I realized we need someone that like works in production, someone that understands production. We, we need a director. And that's when we reached out to Dylan. And Dylan is, has since become one of our best friends. And I think without him, we probably never would have had a cohesive film. We would have had a story. We would have had two guys bumbling around a sign shop, but we wouldn't have had an actual picture, so to speak. Now, when you guys are out there and you're working at Fast Signs and you get that idea, you know, at the bar to go forward with this and you start to get your notes together, how long from there to actual filming is this, you know, great lightning strike of an idea take to get underway? Like two months, three months, two months, two months. Yeah. Like we were filming it it in August, right? We filmed it. We filmed it either the weekend before Superbad came out or the weekend Superbad came out. And I want to say the weekend before because it took two weekends to film. I'd have to look at my notes. I think Roach is looking right now. It was August 11th. That was the yeah. the first day of shooting at Fast Signs. Let's August see 11th. Seven. Is that 2007? Yeah. That is eight days after my daughter's birthday. So the, the day my daughter is born... The eight days later, you guys are under production. So that really helps to explain the disconnect. <laughs> and Superbad came out on August 17th, 2007. Well, I, so we. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't remember that we did it before it even came out. You know, like it, it, it did. That was our one timetable. And to answer Josh's question, I remember coming up with the idea in like June immediately spending that next morning at fast signs, not working, just writing sketch ideas for this and Clint being like, why is nothing getting done? And we're just writing ideas, which kind of also plays into what the movie is about us just jerking around at the sign shop. Uh, But I remember we needed to get Brad on board and we needed to get a camera and he took care of that. We needed to get Dylan on board. So like we kind of used the month of July for pre-production, which we probably didn't even know what pre-production was then. And then we filmed the week before Superbad came out. And then we filmed the weekend Superbad came out. And that's really what it was. We Our goal was that we wanted to work in the entertainment industry. We did not want to work at the sign shop anymore. But all we knew was a sign shop, a guy named Brad and a guy named Dylan, and a few other characters that came in and played other roles in the film. Uh, Will Stevens, Dave Brock. <laughs> we had someone else in the film that Brad brought. Do you remember the girl that was reading the book? Oh, yeah. She ended up going off to become a pretty popular comedian. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get her on this show. Uh, I can't remember her name, but uh, someone years later, uh, Eli Braden, who writes for the Howard Stern show, him and I had lunch, and I told him to check out Destroying Jonah Hill, which you can check out at destroyingjonahill.com, still available. I can't believe you're still paying for those rates. I'm not paying for those rates. I moved it to Vimeo, but I I was paying for those rates for a very long time, like a fool, like a damn fool. Um, But Eli Braden texted me after he watched the short and he goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you had so-and-so in your short film before she was famous. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what? I don't even know who that is. I can't remember her name. I'd have to look it up. Dave Brock played Dave. Mike Roach played Mike. Steven Sims played Steven. Will Stevens played Gil Blackburn, which was a version of Clint. 
because we wouldn't we wouldn't let Clint actually be in it other than a, a dumb role at the end where he had a surfboard or something. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, and then Anna Castellaze, Anna Anna Castellaz, Anna Aunt, you know Anna. Anna played Liz, and a shout out to Anna because. We never, out of everyone in that film, we never really connected with Anna after that, and uh, and I hope I hope she went on to do amazing things. And then we obviously didn't credit the one person that went on to become famous because she was Brad's friend, and we had a falling out with Brad later. And uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe she removed her name from it. She probably removed her name from it. <laughs> Reported it to IMDb. These guys are claiming that I that I was in this. So there's the story, Josh. Uh, not sure if you have any further questions, but uh, I was with Roach when he came up with the light bulb idea for destroying Jonah Hill, which we're going to talk about in episode three. And uh, Roach was with me through the, as I like to call, the dark days of early LA. And uh, it honestly, if it wasn't for Michael Roach, and if it wasn't for going to see that movie where we saw the poster that night with Julia, I probably would have been back in Pittsburgh earlier than planned. I think uh, you owe a lot to Michael Roach's mother, uh, as much as anybody else in that story as well for once again, he's on the roof helping you contemplate life in LA rather than his own three day stint and saving you from the exile of having to, to shuffle back to Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, and I'm really glad Roach that you brought all that up because I really, in my mind, was playing it as like, life was perfect, <laughs> and it really wasn't. And you and Destroying Jonah Hill definitely saved me then, so thank you. Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention it. Uh, all right, well, we're going to wrap things out for My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike. This was episode two, also known as Realizing Jonah Hill. We'll be back next episode with our special guest, director of Destroying Jonah Hill, Dylan Stern. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I'm Steven Sims, along with our special guest, Michael Roach, and our co-host, Josh Larkin. This is my life as a celebrity lookalike. We'll be back next week with more stories of me looking like Jonah Hill and with our special guest, Dylan Stern. Thanks so much, Josh. You got anything to wrap up with? No, it's good to meet Roach, though. Uh, Finally, to sit down to go over this, to meet my replacement in your life, who I think did a better job than I would have. You and I would have been back in Pittsburgh. Josh's response to me seeing the super bad billboard would have been, yeah, we're fucked. Let's just... (laughs) So, because of Roach, we actually have a podcast. So, look at that. It's all coming full circle. Yeah, my refusal to, to roller skate through a buffalo herd led to to this now now we have a podcast about you looking like a celebrity yeah exactly well thanks so much roach for joining us i really appreciate it yeah, it's great to be here guys and uh josh we'll be back next week with more my life as a celebrity lookalike thanks so much